to my nieces, nephews, and granddaughter. Welcome to another edition of Daryl Davis Black and Green. You know, this episode is uh, is uh, kind of important to me in the sense that, you know, for those of you in Westchester County and beyond Hudson Valley who have uh, I've worked with over the years on community projects, community organizing, Jesse Jackson's people, those of you with very long memories, and Al Sharpton's people, um, you know, who remember me from working with them and other projects. Um, I have nieces and nephews and a granddaughter who at one time or another have asked me um, what it is to be an activist. Why did I become an activist? How did I become an activist? And so it's important for me to answer these questions, not on a personal level, but it's important because my my goal, one of my main goals for being in leadership was to train a new generation of leaders. I've never, to be honest, (laughs) I've tried to get off of this stage for decades. I started, uh, around 1980. That's an awfully long time ago. And, um, you know, I started as a a tenant organizer in Peekskill, organizing tenant associations in public housing. And I was eventually appointed appointed to the Peekskill Housing Authority Board of Commissioners by then Mayor uh, George Pataki, who went on to become governor of New York State. And, uh, you know, just briefly worked uh, 84 Jesse Jackson's people contacted me. Hey, we want you to run Jesse's campaign in your area. I I did that. We did well. Um, Al Sharpton asked me to do some things for him. And then in my own hometown in Westchester County, there were police brutality marches that I organized in in Westchester and beyond. You know, so I mean I could go on and on, but it's not really about that. It's really about the uh the mission of the black activists, which is is different from any other activists, any other activism. Um I am proud of who I am and what I've done and what I've attempted to do. Proud proud but not arrogant, proud, but not egotistical, but I I am proud that I've stayed on this road. And so for my nieces, nephews, and granddaughter, how did I become an activist? Like, to be honest, um, I can't really, I, I can't honestly say that. Uh, I mean, I know how, but, you know, people who grew up with me, they saw, you know, some of the people who who were friends with my mom, uh, my, my, lost my mom very, very young. She, she was very young when she passed away. But a lot of her friends would run into me after seeing me in the news as an activist and what have you would 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 tell me that, you know, growing up. We always knew we always thought you were going to be like a preacher or something, because even as a kid, before you were a teenager, you were concerned about people who were hungry and people who were cold and who who were homeless. So you you had that that thing in you, this compassion, and we all saw it in you even as a child. And so um, 
Does that mean you have to have that to get on this road? Um, you know, you could call it debatable, but I'm going to say yes. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I'm going to say you have to you have to have that compassion, because if you don't, once you get on this road and this road to activism and you become effective and people start supporting you and loving you and respecting you and following you, the political forces are going to identify you as George Pataki did me as George Pataki appointed me to the housing authority board because he saw the support and more importantly, the trust that the black community had in Daryl Davis. And so the reason I say you have to have compassion is because the black community is the only community in America that is still, still systematically undermined and attacked. We can get, you know, I've talked about the reasoning in other, other programs Uh, You can agree or disagree, but for my reality, for my experiences, we have been attacked, brutally undermined, disenfranchised as a community where I live. And so you have to have that compassion to stay loyal to your people because they're going to offer you high paying job. The ability to be a homeowner, to drive a fancy car, they're going to offer you that because it's cheaper for them. To give you a house than to give your community a community center and jobs and business programs. And when you vote, when you when you vote and deliver black votes to political parties, we have been trained to expect nothing in return. And that that's sad. And part of my mission is to break that. And so they'll give Daryl Davis a nice high paying job and I'll be well taken care of. But my love for my people doesn't allow me to go down that road. My compassion for knowing that our community is exploited politically by the Democrats more than anybody. By the look, the Republican Party for a long time didn't even go after the black vote. Dems get the black vote almost freely. Don't even have to campaign. And I've been in meetings. Well, you know, we don't have to send anybody to knock on doors there because they always vote Democrat. Joe Biden, if if you don't, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even repeat this with a straight face. If you don't vote Democrat, you're not black. <laughs> and see, they can make these arrogant, racist comments with impunity because their, their handpicked Negro leaders Black Democrats are going to come to their defense when they get called out on it. That's their role. That's why they have that big house. They're not there to demand jobs and equality and justice and housing for the black community. They're only there for photo ops for the Democratic Party. So that they can say we have blacks in our administration. We have the first black mayor. No, 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 no. They have a black mayor. You have nothing. Well, we got Daryl. We got the first black mayor. Isn't that something to be proud of? Yes. Black, proud and freaking homeless. We, we have to change the dynamic. Black mayor, give something back. Be a voice. You don't see that. You, you got to search Westchester, wealthy Westchester County where I'm based far and wide to find one black elected official 
that even uses the word racism. And so you, I think you have to have that compassion to be a black activist. I think you have to have a certain uh, perseverance because once you say no to the house and the job and the car, then next step is to try to destroy everything about you. And so if you don't have self-love, if you don't have love for your people, which, by the way, is why they fight so ferociously not to allow black history, African history be taught in the schools, because that's the glue. That's the glue that binds us and makes us more united. Without that that glue, we're all flopping around answering to black African, black Indian, Negro. Yeah, there's still some black people who say, yes, I'm a Negro. And, and that's, you know, whatever. I mean, you can't blame them. Yeah, our history and culture have been stripped, hidden, rewritten, lied so that we don't have as much group unity as we could have. You also, if you don't, if you don't have uh, a sense of self and identity, it's very difficult to love yourself. And so we go and we find love in all the wrong places and things outside of us. Yeah, I'm getting a little preachy right now, but these are things I've learned over the years from our greatest scholars. These are things that I learned. And so when I studied, when I when I first started reading about the glories of African history and culture, and that the first. Uh, civilizations were African and that a lot of people we identify as as uh, white today were actually African. And as I started uh, developing pride in who I was and self-love, it made me easier to love my people and to identify with my people. And if you don't have that identity, you're easily going to be more loyal to white Democrats, white Republicans, all these other organizations, cultural organizations that you don't see in your community. That aren't working in your community. That aren't working for your interest. And so I think you got to have one, the compassion to the perseverance because they're coming for you. They're going to go after your housing. They're going to go after your job. And, and if you look at our greatest warriors in history, these, a lot of them made the ultimate sacrifice. They got on the battlefield and fought for our freedom and died. Some of them have gotten framed and still languishing in, in freaking prisons, despite the fact that the United States government was caught red handed framing them. And they're still in prison. And so you, you they, they have enough self-love and love for the people that they're willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, just like other groups. The United States has a whole lot of gung hoes that are willing to die for America. Now, I'm not making a judgment value here whether the things that they're running behind are, are good or bad. I'm just saying that um, you look at our, our, our great warriors from the civil rights movement. They made the ultimate sacrifice because they knew their history and culture. Black is beautiful. Hey, don't judge the singing. I'm, I'm making a point here. You know, so we had the black is beautiful. You know, I, I was talking, I was talking to my son uh, recently about this. The, you know, he he said <laughs> he, he he set me up. He said, um, "You uh, can you recommend a good black exploitation movie?" And I said, "Yeah, I got a problem with that that term." And he said, "I knew you were going to say that," and and because he he knows his father. And the reason I say it is because um, I started looking at those movies again recently. And I'm like, wait a minute. These films are dealing with racism, 
corruption. The soundtracks are amazing. You know, go back and read them. And then I saw an interview with Fred Williamson, who was one of the biggest stars at that time, saying, who got exploited? My check cleared. The actor's check cleared. The black director's check cleared. Who who got exploited? And it wasn't a perfect system, but it was a good start to develop a, a black economy in the film industry. And and we killed it, you know. So, you know, so the, the compassion. How did you become an activist? Why did you become an activist? Um, the biggest thing that you have, your biggest asset is the, the trust of the people. The trust of the people, because um, that's your strength. You know, I, I, you know, God bless, man. I somebody screen captured some comments on Facebook not that long ago where um, someone had posed the question, you know, if, if the police beat you up and you couldn't reach Al Sharpton, <laughs> who would you call next? And uh, the comments, it, w- it was flattering. Daryl Davis, Daryl Davis, Daryl Davis. And so, you know. Understand that my strength, I'm not, my strength is um, as much, it comes as much from the people as it does from, from the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm being distracted. My strength comes as much from the people as they do from, um, from who I am. You know, of course, I, I, I've grown to have political connections and visibility in the in the media so i'm not that much of an easy target but my real strength is what people were saying hey if uh something happened i'd call daryl davis because he'd be out front of that police station with a hundred people blah blah and boom there there's the strength the trust and respect that the people in the community have for me they will rally around me and 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 that's my strength um we're a team there's no leadership without constituency and so over four decades, the communities have have still trust me, still respect me. And that's a strength, but I've, I've earned it. They've watched me be a voice for the black community tirelessly, even though I get tired. Uh, fearlessly, even though like anybody else, I feel fear. I've just learned how to manage it, make peace with it. That if you're going to be on this road, black activists, loyal to the black community they're coming for you 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 have to i have rituals that help made me made me uh mentally strong and physically strong and you know in certain points I, i'll be sharing those also because again my goal is to get off this stage and and turn it over to the next generation you know so to my nieces and nephews and granddaughter um how did I become an activist? I, I, I had self-love. I saw a need. I spoke up. I had the courage to speak up. I had the, uh, the, the strength to persevere under all of the attacks, the arrests, the lawsuits, the trials, the being roughed up by police and, and um, still here, still swinging. And so that that's going to be uh, my little humble contribution for something for people to think about. The role of being a black activist is 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 unforgiving. And you have to have self-love and love for the people and compassion and even forgiveness. Lots and lots of forgiveness because because we don't control our institutions and we don't teach self-love and group unity. 
um, very often, you know, you find yourself alone and, you know, you, you know, you, you, you wonder where the people are that you fought for and you have to have a truckload of understanding and forgiveness. Well, we weren't taught that we weren't taught that anything black has any value. And so we have to teach that we have to learn that and learn to rally around the people who, st- who stand up for us. I've had to swallow some bitter pills, you know, the times that they come after me for, for standing up for you. And there was days where I had, I had, I couldn't even feed myself. I didn't have gas in the car and the people who I made sure were all right. Didn't make sure I was all right. Bitter pill to swallow, but I understand where it comes from. Still no excuse. You know, these are people who should know better, have some gratitude. But if you're not, if you don't have a truckload of understanding or forgiveness, you can very easily turn bitter in this struggle. Everything in this society is stacked against black people, only black people. Every white immigrant group that got here was given an economy. Law enforcement, uh, construction, whatever. Immigrants are coming in now still being given economies, housing. Black people were still the only ones that are under attack, aren't given anything. Um, our leaders are being bought off, pastor too. And so the black activist in America is unique and it takes a certain um, temperament. And uh, so before you step out there, nieces, nephews, granddaughter, understand that this road is very unforgiving. And uh, I hope that helps answer your questions. Why did you become an activist and how did you become an activist? Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, I want to thank all of the uh, subscribers. Hey, we got some subscribers. And again, I mean, you know, they come after my income mercilessly. And so by you subscribing to this show, it's only $9.99 a month. That's a way to donate um, so I can continue to do this work so that I can have a little bit of a safety net when I go after my housing, my job or whatever, because that's, this is what they do. This is what they do. So thanks, everybody. Uh, See you in the next uh, edition.